The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, after you voted, I waited a couple of months and then I began to ask if anyone wanted to guess what the top vote getter was. I wondered if you knew what the other in the congregation would put down as their favorite. So I got several um, guesses. I asked the Sunday school classes if together they wanted to pool their wisdom and share a guess. Some of them did. Nobody guessed the number one vote getter. Almost everybody guessed this text, Psalm 23. It's the number three vote-getter, but people were thinking perhaps it was number one. It is a wonderful psalm. There is lots for us to look at and to benefit from as we look at this text. I want us to spend a few minutes to see why it brings such comfort to so many over so many centuries. Certainly part of that is that it speaks to our lives when we're going through hard times, stressful times, maybe the worst times of our lives. It offers a sense of peace and confidence that come whatever may, God will carry us through. Right in your text, right under the title of the psalm, mine says the divine shepherd, it says a psalm of David. It's attributed to King David that he's the one who wrote this. He was known as a singer and a poet. He had an artistic side. He puts down these words. And they're so beautiful. And yet we know something about the life of King David. We know he had some terrible times. Sometimes because of other people's choices, but sometimes because of his own terrible choices. Some people wanted to kill him. He had others killed for his own selfish desires. But through all the ups and downs of David's life, somehow he always finds his way back to this personal and close and intimate relationship with God that he talks about in this 23rd Psalm. I began to wonder through all the ups and downs of his lives, and he made so many terrible choices, sometimes he was so much living in sin, how did he write such a beautiful song? How did he have this kind of relationship with God? How did King David maintain such an intimate, trusting, close relationship with God? And as I thought about that, another question came. How do we get there? How might we maintain this kind of intimacy that David writes about in this 23rd Psalm in our own lives. We all have ups and downs. We go through wonderful times. We go through terrible times. Sometimes the stress seems to be too much. Sometimes we just seem to be flying through life. Sometimes we feel close to God. 
Other times we, we sense a distance. Some people even say an absence of God's presence in their lives. Surely we all have had those experiences where we were yearning for a closer relationship with God. That we were hoping for a touch of God's presence. An experience of God coming close and holding us up when we were feeling like we couldn't go on. An assurance that God loves us and that God will take care of us and that God will see us through. David seemed to understand how to maintain that kind of relationship from God. So as I read over and over this text this week, Begin to look for those clues about how did he do that. I think there's four here for us this morning. I want us to walk through those four things that David highlights for us. Number one, he begins by telling us that his experience includes silence or rest or Sabbath. Did you hear that in those first three verses? He begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Can you hear it? David says that God makes him take these times of rest and relaxation, these times of respite, these times of quiet to spend with God. I don't know for sure about your life, but I find in my life these days it's Rather in short supply, these times of quiet with 24-7 news cycles, with hundreds, thousands of television stations, with cell phones buzzing or Facebook postings popping up, with kids calling or parents needing something or work demanding our time. So many different opportunities and options in our life today that we tend to live very busy lives, very hurried lives, very active lives, which can be fun, which can be wonderful, and yet sometimes it can distract us from God. That if we're so busy that we have no time for silence, no time for quiet, how are we to experience the refreshment of God? And even if you live alone and have quiet time, Anxiety and stress and worry can still rob us of those times of peace that David talks about having with God. King David begins by saying this is where God leads him. Through these still waters, these green pastures, these times of quiet. It's a clue for us to think about our lives and how much time we have in silence with God number two is in that second part of verse three he goes on to say he or God the Lord leads me in right paths the Lord leads me in right paths so he's saying God has led him to a sense of quiet and rest but then also leads him or walks with him guides him through the rest of his life you remember the name Trevor Hudson? He's a pastor from South Africa. Last July, we used his book, 
Discovering Your Spiritual Identity. It was a wonderful book of spiritual practices. I really enjoyed reading through it. He had lots of ideas about how we might draw closer to God and how we might incorporate times of silence and times of prayer into our everyday living. But in the book, he shares a story that at one point in his life, he had so many projects, so many things he was working on that he realized finally that he had forgotten to carve out time for prayer, that he had given up his times of quiet and devotion in the morning, and he began to look back and realize it had been several weeks since he had stopped and just listened for God. Well, that night, he said, during the night, he had a dream. He said in the dream, he was speeding down a road, and then he had a blowout. One of his tires exploded, and his car was bouncing and careening all around the road he said he woke up distressed he got up and began to think about the dream he says i decided it was a message from god that if i was going to continue to fly down the road things were going to get rough he said i decided that very morning to go to a chapel near where i was staying and have a time of quiet and peace a time of prayer during that time, he wrote a prayer in his journal that I want to read to you. I think it speaks to what David was talking about in this psalm. Trevor Hudson writes, I confess that I have been living hurriedly and distractedly. I feel out of touch with my own depths and with your indwelling presence. I seem to be running around continuously, trying to meet everyone else's demands, but not living my own life. I see now, as I sit here, that I am sometimes more interested in establishing my importance than in serving you. I am sorry, Lord, and I want to make a fresh beginning. Help me, Lord. Help me to discern what drives me into hurry. And as I seek to carve out in my life those empty spaces that I need, please give me your wisdom. Psalm 23 comforts us and reminds us of our need for silence and the need for us to pay attention if we are to experience God's guidance we have to have some time apart some time of quiet if we're truly going to be in touch with where God wants to lead us number three I found in verses four and five David writes these words even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So David is saying God is with him. God is leading and guiding him. But further, that the Lord will protect and provide for him 
even in his darkest hour, even when he feels like he's surrounded by enemies. Think about your darkest valley or your darkest hour. Or maybe you can even recall a time when you felt like enemies were after you. What was that like? David says even in those times, you can count on God. He uses these images of rod and staff of a shepherding people. Commentators say the rod was used more for protection or maybe even for attack of an animal that maybe was trying to get the sheep, where the staff, the crook on the top, was used more for guidance or for retrieving a little lamb that got into a bush and couldn't get out or got over a rocky ledge and had to be pulled back up. So protection as well as guidance are the images which would have been vivid for those living at a time that they were herding sheep. But there's also these images in those two verses of this generous hospitality of God. Of providing food and drink so much that the cup overflows. For providing oil or moisture for people in a dry and barren land. Having a kind and strong shepherd brings a sense of comfort. Will you allow God to do that for you? Do you look to God in those dark times? When you're in some kind of conflict, do you just attack back? Or do you take time to look for God, to listen for God, to perhaps let God provide or lead or guide you in those experiences? David says that's a key to believe that the Lord will protect and provide for you. Then number four comes in the very last verse, verse six. He writes this beautiful affirmation. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Or I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever in some translations david affirms that god wants good to come to him that god wants good to come to his children that the shepherd is there to provide goodness and wants good things to come to the sheep and that we experience that the most when we're in the presence or the house of the lord when we are spending time and attending to the presence of god so often in life, the way our life goes depends on what we're looking for. If all we can see are the bad things in our lives, they tend to dominate our experience. If we're looking for good things, we begin to see more of those coming to fruition. Like the saying goes, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. If you think you can, you probably will. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think bad things are all that are coming, you'll probably find them. If you expect good things to come, you will probably find those as well. 
King David has this expectation that goodness and mercy or forgiveness or compassion will follow him throughout all of his days of living. Now, we know that's not King David's experience. All of his life was not rosy and wonderful. And yet he expects that those are going to be the main attributes that mark his life because of his relationship with God. I thought it was interesting as I was contemplating this psalm and remembering that earlier you all had voted for Psalm 100. We looked at that a few weeks ago. In the last verse of that psalm, verse 5, the psalmist had written this, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. And we'd spent some time talking about that was a theological claim on part of the psalmist that the nature of God was primarily good and loving, and that we could count on God. To love us and help us. This 23rd Psalm has that same kind of theme right here at the end. David affirms that he's expecting goodness and mercy to follow him all the days of his life. Because he believes that God is a good shepherd. That God wants to take care of him even if he strays and gets distracted and wanders off that God wants to bring him back to an experience of goodness an experience of love an experience of wholeness if you will well those are some clues or steps some practices that we could think about when we ask the question how do we maintain such an intimate trusting close relationship with God as did David. I've put them in your outline so you can think about them further. Find a regular time for silence with God. Combine that with an attention to where God is leading in your life. Trust that God can and will provide. And then finally, expect goodness and mercy to follow you throughout your life see david's expectation is not only that god is good and loving but because of his relationship with god he will experience that goodness and that love in his own life as he goes throughout his days that that relationship with god when it remains vital when he attends to it changes the nature and the character of his daily living it could be the same for us perhaps let me make one final suggestion. As I was looking through all of this, I began to think, what would I write down? I began to think, what might you write? So think about this. What if you were to write down what your experience with God is in six verses? That's really all David uses in this psalm, six verses. He says a whole lot in those few lines. But what if you were going to write down what your experience with God has been like? You could write that in a few verses, perhaps. What if you were to write down what your expectation was in terms of how your relationship with God would change your daily living? What would you say? Let me suggest you try it this week, that you find some time to sit quietly, write down, the Lord is, 
and then see what comes. What thoughts do you have about that? How might you put those into a verse? I'm not sure what was going on with David or what he was thinking when he wrote these lines. Maybe he wrote them just for himself. But now here we are thousands of years later and people are still receiving inspiration and comfort and guidance and help in their spiritual lives and their Christian walk because David was willing to write that down. And maybe it was a fresh step for him. Maybe it was one of those times where he had straight away and now he was refocusing and the fact that he wrote this down perhaps was a inspiration to a refreshment in his relationship with god maybe it could be the same for you and me if we would take some time may it be so this week for us amen